This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is September 20th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And training camp is literally this week. Training camp begins. And we have real, real Bruins news to talk about, which is very, very fun. And today I thought would be a great kind of preview for training camp because throughout training camp we'll have lots of podcasts and videos and all that fun stuff. But uh, my seven burning questions for Bruins training camp. Questions I just, you know... I don't have answers to yet, but I'm going to hopefully have answers to, and we'll all hopefully have answers to throughout training camp. So we get into that on today's episode with our good friend, Connor Ryan. Uh, And without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. It is the week of training camp. It is uh, it is finally upon us. How excited are you? Evan, I am overjoyed. I'm glad we're no longer talking about the offseason, uh, talking about injuries, all these things we've known for a while. At long last, we'll be able to get some actual news to report on this week as uh, everyone's pretty much all accounted for. Even though training camp doesn't officially start on ice until Thursday, David Krejci showed up on Monday, so everyone is now present and ready to go thank goodness and we were about a week away from discussing fantasy football news you know how are how are our teams doing at that i mean you're just so sick of talking about the same thing so uh, it's exciting for another season of of great uh, hockey talk and bruins talk and that's always uh, what we love to do so today with, with training camp coming up you know you'll have stories coming out about storylines and, and 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 different things so i want to focus on questions Seven questions that I have. Seven. Yeah, count. You, we can count these on two hands, actually. Seven. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's more. Uh, but seven questions that I have um, going into training camp, right? Because training camp has not started. Poke the bear, I imagine. We'll kind of talk about the beginnings of training camp and what you see on the first day. So today, it's the questions going in. Uh, and my number one question, maybe not my number one, but the one I'll lead off with is the one that... I think is getting the most traction right now because the prospects challenges is, is taking place. But what is Fabian Lysel's future? I think that's my number one question because we both agree, probably don't start him in Boston, but so far in the prospects challenge, he's been lighting it up, right? He had a he won it in the shootout. He had a goal uh, in a game over the weekend. He has been, he's looked very good so far. And it's kind of a, a good glimpse of what I think he will look like in Providence, driving the play, uh, impactful. You'll notice him quite a bit. And I think the more we see him 
tear up this prospects challenge, the more I think you're going to hear Bruins fans clamor for him to get some more looks up in Boston. I think you kind of have to approach that as like, let him tear it up a bit down there. But what do you think? What, what do you think is the future with him? Yeah, I think, you know, we've talked about this a, a little bit this off season, but I think the smartest move is just to, you know, uh, preach patience uh, when it comes to a guy like Lysel. Again, he's looked good in the Frostbite Challenge, looked good in the World Juniors. Um, let's see how he is when he goes up and plays preseason games, right? There were glimpses you saw even last year before he even made it to North America and played in the WHL where he could use some of that high-end skill. But let's see it over a couple of games. It's one thing to be going up against other guys who are 19, 20, 21. It's another thing when it's a, a six, six guy who's been in the league for five, 10 years, right. In terms, and that's kind of the biggest knock against him, not surprising, but just how he's able to kind of get inside and fight through some of these things. So, yeah, I agree. I think Lysel, they're going to give him every opportunity to kind of uh, stake his claim to make the jump to the NHL. But again, I think it has to be, uh, a lot of him kind of changing that narrative in terms of the Bruins are going into this, right? Being saying, all right, well, we have DeBrusque, we have Pasternak in the top six. We have Craig Smith, who as much as I think some people were very underwhelmed by the way last year ended, which granted he had a very bad postseason. He's not a guy you just move for the sake of moving, right? Like it's not, Craig Smith is a guy that if he's on your third line and he plays up to his capabilities, it's a pretty good third line guy uh, for a team that's in a win now window. So it's going to, I think, fall on a guy like Lysel to really push the envelope and really, you know, force the Bruins' hands more or less in terms of of making that spot out of camp. I don't think it's going to happen. But again, there's a lot worse things that can happen if you're a Bruins fan than having Lysel go down to Providence, potentially light it up, adjust to the pro game in North America. And then if he's ready and he's got a point per game pace in December or what have you, then you revisit it. There's nothing wrong with that. of giving him a few months down there to marinate before making another look up the NHL level later on this season. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Like no, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I think that's one thing that I think Bruins fans have to kind of realize is, uh, you know, it, it's okay to be in Providence for a bit. That's where you develop. That's where you, uh, you know, get some more professional, experience. It's not the worst thing in the world. Um, moving on to my number, my number two question. I'm going to keep it with prospects. Uh, Johnny Beecher mentioned to us back at dev camp goal scoring was the focus in the off season. And again, we both kind of sat there and said like, it's a hard thing to learn. That's a hard thing to try to get better at. You can get a better shot. You can work on your release, but like the, the active scoring goals is as someone, and I, again, I hate comparing my own hockey career to anything to do with like any high level, but, but I could never, <laughs> ever, 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 but, but I could never score goals. It's just an intrinsic thing. And granted me and Johnny Beach are quite different, very different, little different. But what I will say is it's hard to just be able to pick up scoring goals. Right. And that was something in Michigan he seemed to kind of struggle with. Didn't really struggle with it a ton in the very limited sample size that we saw of him in Providence last year. Uh, but at this prospects challenge, he had a goal. It was the uh, Monday morning, correct? Yeah, his goals in three three games. He scored in every single game. Yeah, he's scored goals. And suddenly, he, and gra- granted, again, it's prospects. It's not fully the NHL. And this is a guy that we've had circled this summer. But my question is, is Johnny Beecher ready for consistent NHL minutes? I'm not going to sit here and say he's ready for 27 goals a game. I won't say that. Maybe 23, but not quite 27. Um, but is he ready for consistent NHL minutes? 
Yeah, I mean, he's got an uphill climb in terms of fighting for, let's say, those fourth line minutes just because there's so many other guys, you know, fighting for those spots. You have the established veterans trying to hold on in Felino and Nosek. You've got guys like McLaughlin. You've got Oscar Steen, guys who have played longer in the pro game. McLaughlin, not that much longer, but all things considered, still has uh, played 10-plus games up at the NHL level already. Um, But Beecher's a guy that... Even if it's kind of the same case as Lysel, where if he has a good camp and even if he starts here in Providence, if he builds off of that and he's probably getting middle six, top six minutes down in Providence and it's more of a springboard, use that to your advantage, build your game. And I, I guarantee you, whatever fourth line Jim Montgomery settles on at the end of camp is probably not going to be the configuration once we get to the playoffs, right? I think there's going to be a lot of moving parts on that unit because there's just so many guys, you know, uh, that are fighting for those reps and the younger players who, even if they don't maybe get their chance in September or, or October, they're going to build into it. So if you're Beecher and you're just overall building your overall game, especially offensively, it can only help. And again, as you said, I don't think Beecher is going to be this guy that all of a sudden is going to translate and, you know, flip a switch in the pro game and be a 20 goal scorer. I think like the goal he scored on Monday was like a, a wrist that went like bah down or something like that. Like, I don't think that's going to happen, but you look at some of the other ways he scored in Providence or during this prospect challenge where it's just having a nose for the net, cleaning up rebounds, uh, using that speed to his advantage, banking off, uh, you know, guys. It's, you know, he has a skill set that can make him a very effective, I think, every day, third, fourth line NHLer. It's just, you know, utilizing that consistently, I think, is the biggest thing. So if, that's something he needs to learn by spending more time in Providence. And again, it's the same with Lysel. We get to late November and he's got, you know, 15 points in 21 games. All right. Then maybe he warrants another look. There's nothing wrong with that. The only, the only issue is if he starts here in Providence and gets discouraged or, you know, development plateaus, then you have to be a little bit concerned about whether he can take that next step. But if he goes into camp, has a strong camp, um, again, who knows what happens? It's not like, Felino and Nosek, these guys are established veterans, but they're not, spot is not secured, right? If all of a sudden guys like McLaughlin and Beecher and, and Steen and these guys make, a st- you know, sustained pushes, they're going to get bumped out. And that's a good problem for the Bruins to have with how many guys are fighting for those fourth line minutes. Yeah. I mean, again, you, you mentioned it, his, his skill set translates perfectly to a fourth line role this year. Um, and again, I think for a guy like Johnny Beecher, I mean, I think one thing with Beecher that is, is quite interesting is, you know, whenever you're a young guy, you want to feel good, right? You want to feel good when you play. And if I was to recommend anything to my good friend, Johnny Beecher, I would say you should try some athletic greens, which is our next partner, uh, which is the product I quite, I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health and more energy. I don't drink coffee or use caffeine because I wanted healthier natural energy and AG1 has been providing it in droves. Doesn't taste like it's super healthy or anything either. Has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. And by the way, as the weather gets cooler, you're going to want some tropical in your life. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing, guess guess how many high quality vitamin minerals, uh, whole, su- whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right. Guess the number. It's I'm going to take a stab in the dock. Evan, I'm going to say 75. You would have nailed it. It is 75. Yes, 75. One, two. It's hard to even count to 75. Hi, again, high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source uh, ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. 
A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting really freaking good. This all supports better sleep quality and mental clarity, which does help things out quite a bit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water. That's it. Not 75 scoops, just one scoop, one scoop, no need, no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional in insurance athletic greens athleticgreens.com backslash bruins hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a Happy price. Got your happy price, price line. So, um, one thing I feel like we didn't talk a ton about this offseason. We did for a little bit while it was happening, but after it the dust settled, we didn't really touch on it much. How does Jim Montgomery do? And it's an interesting one because you have a new Bruce have a new coach. I feel like that's something that you know, with David Krejci coming back, with the priest Bergeron coming back, uh, the Zdeno Chara rumors on Twitter. With the, with the stick, which is now, you know, I imagine going to take off. Um, we we kind of forget that, like, they have a whole new coach. <laughs> and, again, defensively, I don't think they're going to look that different. Structurally, they're going to stay in a zone. But offensively is where I think they are going to be fairly different and taking less shots and taking more high-danger shots and shots that might have a chance of going in. So it felt like last year they had so many games, and I think we said this on a recent podcast, where they'd have, like, you know, 45 shots. Or maybe, no, I said this in a radio spot recently, not the podcast, because that would kind of contradict everything I just said beforehand. Um, like 45 shots that have like two goals. But how, how, how does he do? And on top of that, what kind of spark is he providing? Yeah, I think all across the, the roster, he can give just a little bit more. If what he is, his system tweaks are, gets just 5% more out of everyone involved, Big picture, that can help out a great deal, right? And I think, as you said, a lot of it has to come offensively, and whether that's, again, maybe sacrificing shot volume and, you know, quantity uh, and focusing more on quality. Uh, that's something that I think would, uh, you know, work a great deal. There's been plenty of teams that have outshot teams a lopsided margin. It doesn't matter all that much. I think Carolina's always, always been pretty high up there, and even though they've had a lot of success, like the Bruins, get to the playoffs – you're not going to have these situations where you're going to have guys that are uh, you're going to be, you know, putting 45 shots on goal in the middle of a playoff game. That just doesn't happen. So it has to be getting inside the great ice, getting those quality chances. I think especially um, Montgomery and how he's going to maybe augment the offensive approach on the blue line is going to be huge. It's an area the Bruins desperately need more tangible scoring from. So whether that's maybe sacrificing a little bit of that zone defense, um, and encouraging guys to maybe activate more off the blue line or just be a little bit more creative with the puck. And again, it's not to say that 
guys like Brandon Kyle are all of a sudden going to be putting up 40, 50 points. But if it just gives them a little bit more freedom, uh, a little bit more, you know, they're not gripping the stick too tightly. Um, I think that's something that probably is a bit of a departure from Cassidy. Um, and if that just lets guys play a little bit more, you know, freeze them up a little bit more, encourage that creativity and gets just a little bit more out of every guy. It's one of those things where in the big picture that can help you out a great deal in terms of just getting just a little bit more offense out of your entire supporting cast. Cause again, what's kind of doomed the Bruins in the past is just, you can't rely on the same usual suspects, the same four or five guys to be your only conduits of offense, especially when you get to the playoffs, you need everyone to be on board. So if you get guys playing confidently with the puck on their stick and in the ozone um, based on what Montgomery is thinking in terms of these system tweaks, that will help out this team uh, in the long run. And with the, When it comes to, you know, providing a spark, Again, for a guy like Jake DeBrusque, this might be what he needs for a good full season. Same with a guy, maybe a guy like Trent Frederick. Uh, some of these younger guys who may have had a shorter leash with Cassidy might have a longer one with Montgomery. So that's also something um, to consider. You mentioned Carlo, and that's uh, my fourth question. Does, Bra- does Brandon Carlo have a bounce back year? Uh, and again, it's hard to tell in training camp because, again, it's going to really come down to games and how he defends. Uh, but I think you will see you know, changes with the breakout. You know, are there, is he coming up the ice slower? Is there more time for him to process uh, what's coming at him? So, I mean, do you think that Carlo's going to have that bounce back year? Because it feels like he's going to need to with A, the money he's making and B, the role he's going to have to begin the year. Yeah, I think that's the thing. He's going to have to be better than he was last year. And again, I I think, uh, I believe Fluto Shinzawa had a good story uh, talking with Carlo about just uh, last year being kind of caught up in his head too much and overthinking things and worrying about, you know, I think probably drawing the ire of the coaches more than just playing freely. And again, as we've said, he's not a guy that's going to be, you know, doing pirouettes in the offensive zone or, or anything like that, but Figure for him, it's all about just, yeah, for him, it's all going to be about, um, you know, playing clean, simple hockey and not kind of getting in his head all that much. Cause again, he's a guy that when he's at his best, he's just making the smart, simple play, negating scoring chances, you know, a typical stay at home defenseman. And when he's on his game, we've seen in the past, he can be damned effective. Not only was it his first few years when he was with Chara, but when he was with Krug in 2019, they were arguably their best D pairing that entire cup run um, in terms of just, again, playing simple, smart hockey. And as you said, it seems like having a new coach and maybe another year removed from some of his injury history should help out Kyle. He's still a young guy, um, but they're going to need him to play better, whether that's early on in the year with him and Lento most likely, or just later on in the season, once guys are back, just stabilizing most likely the second D pairing. Um, they're going to need it. They're going to need all hands on deck to be a, a competitive top tier contending team and having a guy like Kahlo who can kill penalties, play 20 plus minutes a night that's going to factor in a great deal in terms of how this team can kind of keep the bread and butter of their, their team, that defense intact. Yeah. I mean, he's holding up the right side right now. Like yeah. Without McAvoy, but I mean, with McAvoy, not in the lineup, you need Carlo in a huge way, um, mainly on the defensive end and, and killing penalties, as you said. So again, those are uh, four questions right there. Uh, you, you were talking about scoring before with Montgomery, who takes control of the power play with Grizzly? McAvoy, Martian out to begin the year because all three of those guys have quite a role in one of the two power play units. I mean, I think Campus Lindholm is going to take on a much larger role. Um, you think offensively, you know, maybe they move Zaka up to into, into the one unit to take over Marshan. Um, 
I wonder how much they use Krejci. You know, I think yeah, probably, I feel like he could be a point a point guy. You'd probably want him on the first unit just because he's David Krejci, but also, you know, do you want to split things up? So again, what do you think they end up doing with the power play? Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how I think uh, Gruden, especially, I think he's going to be running the power play, how he kind of changes things around. Not only once this early going when, as you said, you don't have girls like McAvoy and Marchand, but even later on in the year, we've seen kind of the same system in place and based on kind of the extended you know slumps they had last year maybe teams started to figure out a little bit more or they're they're focusing more on taking away some of those uh usual avenues the Bruins would take to get those chances in terms of you know covering up Bergeron and the bumper preventing those uh one-timer chances to Pasternak so they could do a full overhaul uh for all we know but in terms of the short term going into uh, October, I could see Lindholm getting minutes. I could see, again, Krejci playing kind of more up high and being kind of that facilitator up top. Um, again, opens a door for, as you said, Zaka. DeBrus, keep him at the net front if you want to get him going. There's just it's so many different ways to get guys rolling, especially early on in the air. So how they kind of augment that remains to be seen. We probably won't have a better ideal till we get to maybe Thursday or Friday when they start running some of those uh, special teams drills and, and uh, sequences, but how they end up changing the, whether it's a complete overhaul or just slight tweaks, uh, it's going to be fascinating to see just how the personnel kind of sorts itself out there on the power play. You think they go with Nick Felino at all in the net front on any of the power plays? I, I, I wouldn't say so. I feel like now you probably have <laughs> a few more guys that are probably, that probably worn a, a bit more in terms of top power play minutes at this point. Couple, a couple more guys. Um, Safe bet that they'll figure something out of the power play, right? Safe bet that they'll that something will work at some point on the man advantage. We're talking really safe bets. Talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Football's back, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including this year's opening week's games. Uh, Bet Online is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Again, two weeks into the season, make sure you get your week three games now. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even some golf. Head to your bet online. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online. Where the game stats. Where the game stats. So two more questions left. Uh, on the back end, you had a good story, a good exclusive with Jakob Zaboral. Uh, and one of my questions is, can it, how is the knee and can he hold himself uh, in a spot where he is a stable right side defender, most likely to begin the year? Do you think he can? And what did you kind of gain from your conversation with him? Yeah, he seems like a guy that's really, I think, lifted by the fact that, you know, It'd be one thing if this was, again, a clean slate going into a new season, trying to fight for those minutes. But I think even though it was a short sample size last year, the fact that he played those 10 games up with the Bruins, and frankly, if he was healthy, he was an injury call-up at the time. But if he was still playing at that level and when guys came back uh, from injury, Bruce Cassidy and his staff were going to have a pretty tough problem on their hands in terms of finding out who was going to slot out of that lineup. Because, again... Uh, the way he was playing seemed like a guy that at the very least was going to be your third pairing right side kind of stalwart there for a long time in terms of fighting for minutes maybe with a guy like Clifton. But when Zaboral's on his game, he can give you a whole lot. Again, he's he's kind of a 
maybe jack of all trades kind of player, but uh, smooth in transition can uh, be pretty physical uh, has a bit of an underrated offensive game. I think he had three assists in those 10 games. So it's not to say that he's all of a sudden going to become this revelation this year where he's going to play 70 games average, you know, 18, 19 minutes a night. Very well could be the case early on in the year, but if by the end of the season, he's a guy that is on that third pairing and is maybe the guy that even elevates that third pairing. If he's with someone like, Fulbert or where have you. Um, again, it's not maybe what Bruins fans expected early on when they drafted him. I think at this point, people would be happy if he's just a regular NHLer. But if he locks up that third pairing, uh, there's value in that. It's the same thing we talk about with a guy like Beecher. Yes, you could talk about whether, you know, what the value was there for a first round pick. But if Beecher down the road is your 4C for the next six, seven years, there's value to that. So it, it, I think for Zaboral, um, it's a great opportunity for him. It's one of the few guys who stand to benefit from the state of the Bruins decor in terms of the amount of injuries they have. But if he plays the way he played last year um, or even takes another step forward, he's setting himself up for a huge season and, and a, a spot to really secure steady, consistent minutes down the stretch. Can't, can't hate that. Again, is it as flashy as you would hope a first round pick ends up being? No, but it is a necessary thing this Bruins team needs. And if he can provide it, then you take it. You take it. So my final question, and it's it's not the biggest, but it is a big one. And it was asked to him today. Uh, how is David Krejci looking? Is David Krejci going to jump right back in and pick up where he left off in 2021? And he was asked about it on Monday and he said, you know, oh, it's kind of your guys' job to figure out that one. And so we will. Let's be the ones to figure it out. Let's let's take his word for it and, and let our. Let's flex our muscles, so to speak, with our with our great hockey minds. Uh, how does he look this year? How will he look? I mean, again, I think, you know, even though it was a you know not as great of competition last year that he was playing with in, in the Czech, I still think my guess is with Taylor Hall and David Pasternak, things would go similarly as they did two years ago. That would be my guess. Now, again, it's a big question going into training camp, though, because, you know, what if, First couple weeks, he's not looking so hot, you know, which I don't expect to be the case. But what do you think that they're going to get out of David Krejci? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty high, I think, on David Krejci and that whole ceiling of that second line. I, I, I get the argument or maybe the caution of a guy who's 36, a year removed from playing in the NHL. But I think you even look at just the way he played with NHL talent, whether it was uh, especially in world in the world championships where he had guys like Hurdle and Pasternak look pretty good. And again, that's not to say that, I think it helps that a guy like Krejci, his skill set isn't one that necessarily erodes quickly, right? Like his, his strains aren't based off of speed or an elite shot per se, but uh, his ability to kind of, you know, dictate the, the pace of play, playmaking ability, his vision on the ice. Those aren't things that necessarily, you know, plummet when you hit a certain point. And that's not to say that he's the same player he was when he was 25, of course, but I think he's a guy that can still be a, a regular everyday top six center. And that's added in the fact that after years of being the guy tasked to driving that line with a carousel of random guys on his line for the most part, even Ellie if he takes a slight, yeah, even if he takes a slight step back, you've got Taylor Hall and David Poster right there too. So you saw what Eric Hall, the amount of damage he did last year with those guys on his line. Now you're having a much more skilled center and David Krejci in that spot. 
Like, again, even if Krejci's 80% of what he was maybe the last time he was here, you still have a top six unit that if they stay healthy, they're all going to average like at least 60 points, you'd imagine, right? Like, at some point, they're going to go drastically wrong in terms of just Krejci falling off a cliff or injuries to really impact, I think, what should be a line um, that I think is going to do a whole lot of damage this year. Yeah, I mean, again, you just you look at, you know, he has a game. Uh, you know, he's like kind of a Tom Brady. I'm not, I'm not comparing David Krejci to Tom Brady. You know, breaking news. We got the David video. Krejci. Yeah, David we Krejci have it on, we got it on tape, Evan. I'm actually so. going to say David Krejci better than Tom Brady. In my okay. opinion. That's just my there opinion. That's my opinion. You can put that out there. You can do what you want with it. David Krejci better than Tom Brady. But no, it's the same type of thing where the game isn't really reliant on his age. You know, he's not, um, he's not Josh Allen out there or anything like that, where it's all on speed and, 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 you know, that hard shot or, you know, super physical, very finesse very poised, enters the zone when he wants. That's why I think it's actually he's actually going to be very good in Montgomery's system where Montgomery emphasizes puck possession. Guess who's a great puck possession center? David Krejci. So again, I don't think he will be bad, but I do think it's something to keep an eye on. Just how good is he, you know? And, and, and does he look like he spent a year away from the NHL um, during training camp? And maybe he needs a little runway. But uh, again, as you said, with line mates like Hall and Pasternak, you can slack a bit and still be completely fine. So uh, those are my seven big questions entering training camp. I imagine we will do a lot more on training camp in the next few weeks. Uh, and you will be doing a lot more uh, on training camp uh, at Boston Sports Journal. What can people look forward to uh, from there from you? Yeah. Uh, as you said, I think uh, the first official on ice practice will be Thursday. But even leading up to that, we're going to have breakdowns of Top training camp questions. We'll take a look at the 2022 prospect challenge up in Buffalo and some takeaways from that and how uh, maybe that next wave of Bruins talent fared up there. We'll uh, have more one-on-one interviews, breakdowns, all that good stuff over at BSHA, uh, not just this week, but throughout this upcoming season. So please subscribe at bostonsportsjournal.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that for CLNS Media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Bruins Beat listeners have a great rest of your week. (laughs) 